Do you have an official name for this? Warm lasagna. Oh yeah, warm lasagna. I'm so glad to be on warm lasagna. This is awesome. Welcome back to Warm Lasagna. I'm your host, Emily Lepsor, and this week we have another excellent guest. His name is Matt. So Matt is a friend of ours, and I say our, I mean my husband Roberts and I. Matt is very easy to talk to. He is thoughtful. He is... In this episode, we talk about what it means to be a good friend. And frankly, I think Matt embodies all of those qualities. He really works at maintaining the relationship. Matt seems like the type of person that you could really talk about anything and he would hang with it. They can handle the heavier stuff and he enjoys a healthy debate about theology, about philosophy, just about life, politics, I feel that he does actually listen to all sides of an argument and it's just very non-judgmental. He's not going to put you down if he doesn't agree with you. He'll just share his perspective. And I think in this day and age and in this political climate, that is really valuable in my book. One of the things I've really enjoyed about getting to know Matt is a lot of his ideas for us to hang out um, are some of the ideas that I've had. But when I've suggested them to my husband. My husband's not interested. But when Matt suggests them, he's on board. Things like playing music together or um, reading poetry or starting a weekly supper club, which, which is on Matt's agenda and is also on my agenda. And so Matt, I do really appreciate that. Now, in this episode, Matt acknowledges and gives a shout out to Robert, and I would also like to give a shout out to Robert for these incredible seared pork chops that Robert makes. I was so impressed with Robert's pork chops too, and Matt clearly was as well. So without further ado, please enjoy a tea cake breakfast with Matt. Um, Matt, do you enjoy cooking? Um, yes, I do. When I do it. I don't do it enough. Yeah, uh, so I do a dish that I have called um, Asian Cajun Chicken. Ooh. Which is uh, chicken with a, uh, with like a, a, it's like a basically a, a chili pepper rub uh, in soy sauce. And I, I'll make it with um, peppers and or broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and that will be over rice. Oh. And then sometimes I'll, yeah, I'll have like some pico with that. It's oh. Nice, it, it looks nice. <laughs> so it's a melting pot of different cuisines yeah. and flavors. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We, I'm just kind of getting to know you yeah. through my husband, Robert. Um, tell us a little bit about what we're making this evening and the significance it has for you. Yeah, uh, so uh, my family, uh, th- you know, there are a lot of meals that, that we have uh, that are special to us, but at all the big like holidays, like Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, etc., when we're all together, we do a special breakfast. And it's 
um, fried apples, country ham, and what we call tea cake. And the tea cake is a, it's an old family recipe. Um, it's called tea cake, but actually it's, it's much more similar to like Irish soda bread. It looks like it and tastes like Irish soda bread. And in fact, it was from my great grandmother uh, from Texas, who was like, they were Irish. Um, oh. Yeah, down there. So uh, yeah, it's really good. It's got the ex. It's like the perfect mix of salty and sweet with like you know, and the tea cake isn't too overbearing. You know, it's just it's just it's perfect. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, would you typically serve it with the country ham and the apples, yes. or is that just for this evening? Yes. Some people will tell you that you can serve it without all the the parts, but they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um. It definitely is better when all of those pieces are in place. And uh, we have gotten to where we'll have eggs because some folks like won't want to eat one of the parts. Mm. You know, either the country ham if they're vegetarian, or they don't they don't like the the uh, apples because I don't know. I guess the apples are squishy or something. Or if they don't oh. want to eat the tea cake. Mm -hmm. My stepdad's in that latter category. He doesn't like the tea cake, so he'll do like the fried apples, country ham, and then eggs. So, um, so you can add parts. You yeah. probably add grits to it. Actually, would be good. Ooh! That'd be good. That'd be so good. it sounds like what we're really having is a breakfast for dinner situation. Yeah, that's exactly what. Because I'm looking in your family cookbook, and it says a personal note about these fried apples. Fried apples are the best breakfast on the planet. They're great with pancakes. Dad and mom often serve them with country ham and tea cake. So that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Now, where did you grow up and where is your family from? Yeah. So I grew up in Raleigh um, and my uh, family, in particular, that family, the, the, the Mormon family, uh, which I always have to say has nothing to do with the religion. Um, but uh, they were from the mountains of Virginia. Oh. So Bristol, Abingdon, around those areas. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we're very much part of the like Appalachian culture. So all of the you know, cultural elements that go into that. My grandmother was, her surname was Lavender, so they were French Huguenot. Mm. Uh, my grandfather, the, the Mormons, they were um, Anglo-Irish, and and uh, and then we have some Scots-Irish, some Scottish, you know, um, all the different element culturally that make up what we think of as the kind of Appalachian South, and uh, and so yeah, that that those that kind of stuff is certainly for this breakfast is very influential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like all of those um, cultures kind of combine to make this breakfast for dinner thing that we're doing tonight. Yes. Um, yes. That's very exciting. Well, one of the things that Robert and I really admire about you is that you've lived in a lot of different places and the, you know, you really get to know a place and you speak about, you know, Ireland, Philly with mm -hmm. such fondness. Mm -hmm. um, where all have you lived and what kind of influence has that had on your cooking and eating? Yeah. I love that question because, of course, all of those places have had an influence. Yeah. It's, it would be hard not not for that to be true. Um, so I have lived, uh, having grown up in Raleigh, uh, I, I've lived in Texas, 
Um, I have lived in, uh, I, I did a little short stint in, in Missouri, but that was fairly short lived. Um, I've lived in Chicago, I've lived in Philadelphia, lived in, in Dublin. Um, in fact, I've lived in Ireland twice. Um, I have lived in, oh, the mountains of Virginia. So up near, uh, like in, in Radford, in the kind of Blacksburg area. And, um, and now here. Mm. So yeah, a lot of places and they've all had their, a little bit of an imprint, some more, maybe more than others. Certainly like having spent so long in Ireland, I mean, cause that was a better part of five years that was pretty influential. Um, and, uh, for that, honestly, it, it my love for, um, uh, doing stir fries, it, like I learned how to do some there. I learned how to do. Um, I learned how to do actually my first steak marinade, like like good, nice, you know, Gordon Ramsay steak marinade kind of thing. Um, and uh, uh, I was over there uh, doing some curries, like, oh. because curries are much bigger over there, and um, the stuff that you need for them are more readily available uh and gosh um oh the one of the other dishes i do a lot uh spicy bolognese mm. uh i actually learned how to do over in ireland not here which you would think it would have been here in southwest influences or whatever but um but it was actually over there and it was uh, i was living with uh this is the first year i lived there and I lived with an older lady and her son who was uh, like maybe a few years older than me. And it was at the most picturesque little house mm. on the top of a hill. It's called Knocknery, which in Irish means Hill of the King. Um, but it, was, it had a little round hobbit door, literally like a little round hobbit door and was surrounded by sheep pastures with sheep on all sides. And oh, you could see gosh. over the Liffey Valley to the Dublin mountains across, you know, across the way. And it was just beautiful. And um, so we, every now and then she would go out of town. And so we'd be like, okay, what are we doing for dinner? And I was, I was like in my mid twenties, but I was a young mid twenties, you know, like I, I was still an idiot. Anyone who knew me back then could tell you that. Um, <laughs> Rob knew me back then. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and so we one night like we're just like all right we're gonna make something with whatever we can find and we're like okay we're gonna do bolognese so we had these giant shell noodles and we had all this stuff we had like peppers and you know all the stuff that we needed onions etc and we didn't have any meat so we made it with um bacon and over there bacon it's like irish back bacon so it's much closer to like maybe a Canadian bacon or something in oh. thickness. So it's a little bit more substantial than like typical American bacon. And, and it was like really good. And so mm. then I started from that point on, I started like kind of playing around with that, with that meal. And, uh, and it's been something I've done. Yeah. Since then. So, That's amazing. Yeah. So like cooking has been described as an act of love. Um, do you think that's true? And if so, like, how have you seen that play out in your life? 
Oh, ah, uh, like at every turn. <laughs> I mean, Rob, Rob. I think the last time I came here, Rob made pork chops, and I could tell he loves me. He loves me. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He I can tell it. Just in the way they, just in the way that he cooked it, I could tell that Rob loves me. No, and, and really and truly, I, I want to go on record to say this: the best cooked pork chops I've ever had. Period. Right there. So, oh my gosh, that's so, high praise yeah. for Robert yeah, Nesbitt. Really good. The bread was really good too. I think you made some bread that I was did. like incredible. So, anyways, and and all, all of stuff. It was a good meal. Wow. Like, I mean, I'm just giving that as an example. It's like clearly labor went into this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just something y'all just uh, whatever we'll yeah. just do. You know, I mean, tonight we're eating something that you know I've done the apples. You actually helped to cut those. That took effort that mm-hmm. took some sacrifice on your part some time at least and, sure uh and my mom will make tea cakes whenever i'm home and i will and she'll send me she'll make like 18 of them and send me home with you know actually one, two of them. come to think of it i think we tasted your mom's cheesecake when we were at steven's house one time that was my aunt's is it yes. this aunt who made this cookbook? Yes. Oh, yes. it was delicious. That's probably that might be in there. In oh, that, in that cookbook. Yeah. we'll have to look at that. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, those are just small examples, but I say small. They're not small. They're big. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something you don't feel when you go to Chick Fil A, which I do way too often, oh, <laughs> or Bojangles or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Actually, you know, maybe I feel a little bit more love in terms of the food at Bojangles than Chick-fil-A, although they're nicer to me at Chick-fil-A than they are at Bojangles, so I don't know. They're nice to your face, but they they're are. stabbing you in the back. I guess so. They're yeah. stabbing you in the back, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But really, depending on your, yeah, your identity or whatever. So, um, you know, it's not something you get when you go out for a fast food meal or to Chili's. Sure. Or to, yeah, whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just not something you get. And when you have, even if it's something that you didn't particularly enjoy. Yeah. It's still something that you want to try and like because someone put some effort into it. And there's something to be said for that. Yeah. You miss that a lot in in life because uh, we can, it's the life is a, life is a, 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 what, what do you call it? A. We can pick and choose, right? It's a buffet. Yeah. We can we can find whatever we like, and we don't have to take anything we don't. And the problem with that is not so much that you shouldn't be able to pick and choose. I mean, obviously we do, and we should. It's more that, yeah. But if in an act of giving, which cooking necessarily is, there is a certain amount of it's what's wrapped up into it is that you didn't choose all of it, mm. right? Hopefully there's that they thought about, oh, like when I came over here, y'all were like, hey, would you be cool with, uh, you know, uh, pork chops and cabbage? And I was like, yes. <laughs> like, obviously. Um, but you asked, and so there was that kind of, hey, is this something that you would like? But then y'all made it how you made it and it was it happened to be incredible so i think that's the thing about 
cooking and sharing that with people and you know and all of them you know cooking baking all that stuff it's you know how you get the packets of like baked goods at christmas time and it's like a mix of all different stuff mm, yes. and like yeah there's going to be stuff in there that you don't particularly like but then there's going to be the stuff that you really do and you appreciate all of it because it was clearly it took time and and was an act of, of love so anyways what is the value of eating and cooking in community? Mm, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I think to do it Socratically, I would say, is there even community if there isn't eating and cooking? Mm, yeah. It does, it does, it's like, does it exist? Sure. Like, because I can... That's honestly... I, that's the thing that makes a coworker a coworker and not a, and not a friend. Like someone you work with who's your friend is someone that you go out to lunch with or you'll like hang out with and go to dinner with or even cook dinner for them, share food with, right? Mm-hmm. Share a table with. A coworker is just someone that you see when you're working, but then you go off and do your own thing at lunchtime. Uh, that's just one example. So. How do we manage during a time like now where we can't have community in the traditional sense? Mm, Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're doing it to a certain extent. I mean, we've maintained a small circle, like I think a lot of folks are doing. You know, I mean, y'all are newly married, but having at least a small community of folks that you gather together with in a responsible socially distanced way um i think that's helpful if you can find those folks to do that with Mm -hmm. um it certainly meant a lot to me personally so us too yeah i mean i don't know i don't have another yeah i mean that's pretty much it if you can find folks to do that with that's that's good like we've been doing this thing on wednesday nights uh, uh you know going out to a place where we can sit outside and or whatever and and be you know have dinner together and the idea is that eventually that would be at someone's house and we Mm -hmm. do it weekly so supper club yeah yeah Yeah. i love that i've been wanting to start that for years so i appreciate your energy around that yeah Yeah. one day it won't be all a bunch of dudes (laughs) (laughs) and i want to be clear i'm not hesitant to attend because it's a bunch of dudes it just happens to be wednesday night is just a tough night for me usually for whatever reason and also i've been inviting myself over to my friend jordan's pool on wednesday evenings and it just happens to coincide with supper club night um but i'm gonna make it out yeah i'm gonna make it out there or maybe we could switch it to a thursday yeah well we could i don't i think that was somewhat i don't even know why we switched it we we, the first one we did was thursday i think right i think it was and then and then um we went to wednesday i think because charles or someone had to do something so Mm -hmm. it could be any night yeah but finding that stuff is really important reaching out to people i mean hello if we haven't all learned that lesson in the last like four months then we've been living under a rock and apparently some people have been living under some rocks but you know I think for most of us, it's like we've learned that lesson, maybe even the hard way, that we really need human connection and community. And that includes sharing meals together. Because when you're single, like, like, like I am, um, you know, you eat most of your meals alone. Right. 
So even just one meal a week where you eat it with, with other people, where you share a meal with people is like, it, it, it's huge. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm resisting the urge to like announce on the podcast that you're single and looking for dates. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We can find you someone yes. through the podcast. Yeah. Well, send your resumes to warm lasagna podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And, and Emily and Rob, if they don't like you, I don't like you either. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How has this time been for you on a personal note i mean overall it it's not been like the time i'm looking back as like hey let's do that again uh <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um but i think of late since i think some pieces again community things mm -hmm. have started to fall into place i mean there are some things i'm doing for myself as well that i wasn't doing i was like so many people in the time of Corona, just a lazy jerk and, you know, spent a lot of time cooped up in a room and watching whatever, Netflix, Disney Plus, etc. And it was only when I kind of made the decision to go have, have dinner with friends, have whatever, uh, get some exercise. So... I think of late, it's been much better. Yeah. Like almost, almost like really good and healthy in ways that maybe wouldn't have been had I not gone through such a long period of hobbitness. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> I love that silver lining. Yeah, absolutely. I know we really enjoyed the Friday night Zoom calls that we would do. Yeah. As much as I'm zoomed out right mm. now and just exhausted mm. from all of the screen time i loved that that was kind of like a standing hey i'm here what's going on check in how's everybody doing yeah, yeah yeah especially yeah. when we were under the stay-at-home order yeah. yeah 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 and y'all aren't like very far from me so that on uh, in other circumstances that could have very easily just been hanging out at either your place or my place but yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's it's seeking out community. That's been it's meant a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. If you have friends and they're actual friends and not just people that you say are your friends, but you know they're not because they don't really care about you and they don't really reach out to you. Um, but if you have some friends, like lean into it. You know, be yeah. good friends to them. I mean, it's, it takes, like, friendship, part of it is learning who's your friend to start with, and part of it is learning how to be a good friend. Mm -hmm. So, and I think now it's, like, just the basic concept, the basic human concept of friendship is, like, super important, right? Like, we need to learn, again, kind of how to be good friends, because I think, particularly for, like, millennials, like, we just don't know how to be good friends sometimes even outside of COVID-19. We just don't know how to be good friends. And part of that is because it takes sacrifice. It takes like give and take. It takes reaching out and then they're reaching out to you. And then, you know, someone's go one of you's going through a hard time and the other's not and then vice versa. And it just take you know, it takes that over a long period of time, you know, hey, I haven't, I haven't talked to Rob in a while. 
or let's, you know, let's, let's see what's going on. Or I haven't talked yeah. to Emily in a while, you know. So I, I, I think uh, that's my only thing. Lean into it. Yeah, I appreciate what you said. I mean, I don't want to sound superficial, but I have to say one of the things that this has taught me this whole time of social distancing is that who are those people that are really like my friends and who are really going to be there for me and show up for me when I'm going through something? Um, And there is definitely a distinction between those people that you might surround yourself with versus those people who are tried and true, like stand up individuals who will show up. Um, Yeah. yeah. So thanks for being part of that for us. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. This is awesome. Matt, we are so grateful for your friendship. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week. It is always such a pleasure. Thanks for being part of our lives during COVID, being part of our COVID squad, our supper club. Um, Thank you all so much for listening this week. If you liked what you heard, go ahead and share it with somebody else. Share it with somebody that you love because sharing is caring. Make sure that you're following us on social media. And if you did like what you heard today, go ahead and give us a nice positive rating on iTunes. If you have any feedback for us or if you have any anybody that you know that you think would be a good fit for the podcast, just send them our way by emailing warmlasagnapodcast at gmail.com. I hope you all have an incredible week and I'll see you next time. 